Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to another episode of the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekdom, and everything. Um, this episode, uh, we're going to change up the format just a little bit um, because we're going to talk about four uh, TV shows. Uh, the episode could go a little bit long, so we're going to uh, do away with the five questions just for this episode. Um, but that's okay because we've had we have two people who have already answered the five questions multiple times. So you've probably already judged them enough. <laughs> this is what I need, man. <laughs> so, so to introduce our cast for today, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, the the uh, woman that has the hair that launched a thousand ships, and that is Miss Sam Cross, that girl with the curls. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing well, Nathan. Thank you for once again having me on. Uh, yeah, just been writing. Writing my uh, my sister had a kid, so I'm now uh, an on call nanny. Uh, so. <laughs> well, that's that's a pretty good deal for your sister. In in some ways, yes, but I still have to go to work. So right. <laughs> still got to make the money. Right, right, and that was just uh, just a few weeks ago, right? That your nephew was born. Yeah, um, as of the recording, he's only three weeks, so um, oh, he could be much older by the time this goes out. Um, <laughs> well, not much older, but it probably will be about a month from now, because this one, we're going to rejuggle the order a little bit of the episodes. Ah, there we go. If he turns out older, just blame Barry. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, right? We can just blame everything on Barry now. <laughs> and that other voice you heard is the man who hates Pluto, Mr. Ryan Guthrie. How are you, Ryan? <laughs> I'm right about Pluto, just like I was right about the questions you didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm fantastic. Uh, the weather's cooled down to a chilly 70 degrees here in Arizona. It's, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had that kind of uh, temperature. We had those kinds of temperatures here. It's uh, it's in the twenties um, right now. The high of seven on Thursday. <laughs> wow. Yeah. High life there, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're gonna start slitting open tauntauns in a little bit and start uh, crawling inside because that's gonna be the then only. You're like living story. the dream. That's right. <laughs> and no part goes to waste. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and just to tee up off something that Sam was alluding to, um, so so just to give a little bit of a background on the podcast itself, um, 
I started recording episodes for this podcast back in August, I think. And yeah. it might have even been July. And um, with the intention that the show was going to go live in September. Well, for a variety of reasons, that didn't happen. So we're actually recording this episode in December with the idea that the podcast is going to go live in January, which with everything going as it is, the website's almost finished and everything else, it looks like that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, you, you may hear some podcasts that we recorded a long time ago happening late. I'll just record a new intro over those to sort of segue into that for why you might hear some things that sound like, wait a minute, why are they mentioning Pokemon Go? That's like so six months ago. Well, <laughs> that's the reason why. <laughs> like most uh, transitional uh, millennials, we just uh, we like to think of the past as the, as the present and future at all times. So. Right. <laughs> Real big on nostalgia. <laughs> we're mentioning Pokemon Go because we're hipster like that. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Talk about our tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we dive into our topic for this week, let's play this promo from another fine podcast. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cleus Jacobs. We're here to tell you about our podcast, The Earth Station DCU. Join us every week as we discuss the DC Universe. We talk everything DC, including comics, television, the cinematic universe, and so much more. We look forward to bringing you some great reviews and discussions. And don't forget, read, read more comics. comics. And we're back. And uh, so what we're going to talk about this week is the Berlanti universe, the new 52. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Sam scoffs because she knows it's true. But uh, <laughs> You're the minority here, Nathan. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, it's 52-ish, but it's not. Uh, well, no. or, 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 we'll get to that. But I mean, yeah, what I was about to say. It can... <laughs> what I'm alluding to, for people who don't uh, know uh, what the New 52 is, it's uh, DC Comics had an event called Flashpoint, uh, I, I think five years ago. And in that event, uh, the similar but not the same to what they did on the TV show when The Flash alters time. It, it basically creates a new universe for DC where certain aspects are the same for the characters, but there are also things that are different, and it allowed them to do kind of a soft reboot um, of a lot of, of their series. Bullshit! <laughs> it, it, it's been met with mixed feelings let's let's put it that way but generally yeah. it seems to be overall negative yeah it's an aberration i believe is the term you're looking for <laughs> right in fact they've started backpedaling uh just a few months ago with their rebirth yeah. where they're not completely doing away with what they do with the new 52 but they're kind of trying to backpedal as as much or as little as possible to make everyone accept it <laughs> It's like DC Comics. We did a thing, but then you were kind of pissed off about it, so we changed the thing, and then you were kind of pissed off about that, but kind of liked it, so we tried to find a balance, and it's just not working out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're that, terrible at this. 
buy our comics. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my summary in a nutshell, with with the caveat that I don't actually read any DC comics. This is just what I have absorbed from the zeitgeist of you know all my friends who do and all the articles I've read on the internet. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the we most could be reliable sources. <laughs> Well, I don't know, Sam. I feel like people like yourself and other people that I talk to, you know, are fairly reliable. So, you know, I'll go. We're with just that. reliable in our passion for things we don't like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go too far out into the weeds, though, um, I'll, let's let's start with or go in the order of as the series uh, debuted. So instead of the order they appear in the week, we'll start with Arrow, which was the first Berlandi show. Are we? We're keeping it strictly to this the this season. Yeah, we're talking about this season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can talk about the past seasons, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to do that. We actually did uh, several of these on Sam's "That Girl with the Girl Curls" podcast. Plug. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sam very kindly allowed me to take this over for the forty-two cast. So thank you, Sam. Oh, uh, you know, I'm just generous that way. So. <laughs> Well, it was also funny because we were talking about everything, even though you had stopped watching shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Gotham, and I was just kind of talking to myself for those Okay, you keep bringing that up, but I provide colorful commentary in the midst of it, (laughs) and can also add my own take on things, so it's not like you were just, you know, talking Oh, no, 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 of course not. Of course not. Your (laughs) scintillating personality is always present, Sam. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. It's more than just, uh uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, then it was like, uh huh. Oh, by the way, and then it was like, oh yeah. But (laughs) what about this? (laughs) I was just yes ending him. Right. (laughs) There is a reason I didn't watch that show anymore, and you're kind of letting me know why. (laughs) (laughs) Not making me want to rewatch it. Yeah. (laughs) But it would uh, take a lot to get me to watch Gotham at this point. I mean, uh, you have to actually pay me. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I gave right. up on that one. Three episodes in. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Let's back out of Gotham. <laughs> We're talking about Berlanti. So, okay. so, so yeah, Arrow. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna just put this out there right now. To me, Arrow is the best of the four shows right now. Do you guys agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, while she decides, I'm yeah, gonna, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's the most improved. Um, I, I agree. It, it had fallen so far in season four that uh, this this feels this isn't this still isn't one or two, mm-hmm. but uh, seasons one or two. But this is it feels like it's a series I want to watch again. I enjoy watching. I look forward to. Uh, whereas it's it's not a chore anymore. So in that sense, yeah, I, I would say it's. Um, it, I, I'm not going to call it my favorite, but I am going to say that it's it's by far and away had the toughest hill to climb and did it. Hmm. Sam, rebuttal? <laughs> no, it's not so much a rebuttal. I mean, I, I think I've, I'm getting to a point with a lot with the Berlanti shows in general where it's it's almost like becoming a little bit exhausting to watch them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not because um, like I don't like the characters or you know the it, there's still a lot of fun to be gleaned out of them, but it just becomes it's the same type of storytelling every time. Yeah, the worst offender to me was when Arrow had a storyline about a vigilante running around the city, and then Supergirl had the same storyline <laughs> the following Monday, yeah. and I was like, wait, seriously? There's no editor 
like, you know, either Belanti himself or someone else who's reading all the scripts for the shows that's going, oh, wait a minute, Supergirl guys, you might want to, like, you know, leave that story for another time or, you mm-hmm. know, because we're doing pretty much the same thing in another show, so let's, you know, not step on each other's toes here. Yeah, it was, it's kind of like when um, Buffy and Angel were still on the same network and they, they purposely tried not to tell the same story unless it was a crossover mm-hmm. you know, on the same night because, yeah, the, it becomes really glaringly obvious this was like guys you not talking to each other like you y'all got to be working out of the same building at this point I, I know the vigilante that you're speaking of I, I had that same thought I was like oh this is they've done this but at the same time I kind of thought of the, that that was a missed opportunity they could have used it to really emphasize especially going into the crossover that supergirl was in a separate universe I think it really should have been the same character just in in different in Earth thirty seven or whatever Earth she's in, and then mm-hmm. Earth one with slightly different you know tweaks to the character. I thought it would have been amazing, and then then they could do that with other characters, and we could see you know there's got to be a Star City or Starling City in Supergirl's Earth. So I don't know. I, it, no, I mean. You actually make a good point. Oh, I was just going to say, in the crossover where Barry entered Supergirl's world, he did say that this, they were all the same cities that he knew. It's just he couldn't okay. find an analog for Cisco, Caitlin, or Harrison Wells in Supergirl's Earth. But that leaves the room yeah. open, though, for any other character, though. There could be an analog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, and, I, and I, I definitely like that idea, Ryan, that they could have easily... I mean, it, again, they're all working out of Vancouver now. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, hey... You got an actor you're not using right now? Well, we'll use him over here. (laughs) I mean, it's a really easy way to kind of go, like, we really like this actor, and we like the character that they're playing, and yeah, we're going to probably kill them on this this show, but if we have another universe, hey, guess what we can do? Exactly. It's it's worked for Tom Cavanaugh, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm playing three different versions of Harrison Wells. He's actually done a really great job with it. Yeah, I, um, I agree because I am someone who is a fan of leaving Supergirl in a separate universe. Uh, but, you know, but, but then they should utilize that fact to tell yes. kinds of stories that, you know, that that allows them to do rather than just doing it because, hey, you know, it really helps because we kind of set her up that way to not just, you know, change things up so quickly. Yeah. No, I mean, the the thing here with, with Arrow, for me, like, I, I do agree that it's not as terrible as last season. Right. Like, it's so aggressively was terrible last season. Yeah, right. It's like they were trying to be terrible. <laughs> oh my god, it just felt like that. It's like, we clearly don't know what we're doing with this magic storyline, and we are just making it up as we go. <laughs> like, the most annoying I mean, thing to me is when he goes to the nightclub to learn magic, the perfect setup for Zatanna. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, Zatanna, Zatanna, Zatanna. And then it's just some random person. Yeah. It's, yeah. What's, and, what? and basically him learning magic is just, hey, have a happy thought every once in a while. Like, it's basically the Peter Pan Tinkerbell scenario. Oh. You just have to be happier, harder than he's hating you. Because that's a thing you can show visually. Right. You know, if you need happiness, I don't think Oliver's the character you go to. Really? <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think I would put it probably on par with season one, maybe a little bit less than season one, because at least with season one, it felt like they were still working out some kinks. 
mm-hmm. but the story was still there. Um, and season two, I think, is by far, I mean, everyone agrees, was the most, like, well-put-together season. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, then season, you know, the, the next one is just kind of like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I wasn't really on board with the whole, like, is Ollie going to kill again? Are we, are we really going through this this thing all over again just with new people? <laughs> like, I've got a band, I've, I've got a group of kids who are now on my team who, oh, they're fighting against me. Will we work it out? Probably. <laughs> it's like, it just, you just see the, the, the end of the episode coming a mile away. <laughs> Well, that's true of any of them, but... I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do find it interesting, though, because we went from Oliver as a man of extremes. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to go around killing everybody to I'm not going to kill anyone to now where he's just like, I'll kill when I need to. Yeah. And he's kind yeah. of embraced, the, embraced that more pragmatic, you know, uh, outlook on things. And I feel like it is a step forward for the character. Yeah, I mean, it, it did seem kind of false to me when characters like wild dog are just like you murder people really you know and i'm like seriously dude you know you the guy who runs around with guns and a hockey mask (laughs) and it, it mostly just it starts boiling down to like uh and and this is an interesting idea of like oh you know Ollie's emotional state going through this and everything because w- what with the the season the mid season finale and him whole you know spoilers obviously <laughs> everything mm. um, like him you know act, you know unknowingly killing uh, Felicity's boyfriend which everyone had to assume was doomed to die or be Prometheus I mean yeah. right you know you just had to go like okay they introduced this guy. He seems earnest, but we all know something's going to happen with him because Felicity can't be happy. Ollie can't be happy. Yep. They certainly can't be happy together. So The moment they killed him, now we know who Prometheus has to be. The, the only other character it can possibly be is the, the new DA. No, I think oh, the yeah. new DA is the vigilante. You think so? Yeah, because I think that they advertise that very strongly in... Uh, in the episode where that vigilante debuted, where he was the only other person in that interrogation chamber uh, where the guy gave up the location of, of the guy that the vigilante was hunting, and he showed up right after Ollie did. And I'm like, the only other person that had access to that information was the DA. And the DA was talking about... I mean, the DA seemed really dark also in that scene where he was interrogating the prisoner. Yeah. They're definitely going for a Harvey Dent feel with this guy. Mm-hmm. Well... Like, Everything in the arrow is, you know, Batman knockoff. Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> if Ollie's your Bruce Wayne equivalent, then yeah, the, the yeah. DA guy is definitely like, oh, he's kind of like the Harvey Dent. Like, he's one way and he's another way. See? It's the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I'm on to you, Arrow. I know your game. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like this season has done a kind of back to basics, but I feel like they almost had to do that because they had gone so far off course before that. And I think it's really because they saw the success of The Flash and they thought, wow, you know, uh, everybody's really digging all the powers and everything in The Flash. We got to do something similar in Arrow. Let's throw in magic. And they had no idea what to do with the magic 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think that it was really stupid for them to put Ollie back in the island in season four instead of season five, because I think originally they were going to do Russia in season four, because it makes mm-hmm. more sense to me to then put him back on the island at the end to segue into when he's rescued, you know, at the end yeah. of whatever that last year. Because now they have to find another reason to put him back yeah. on the island at the end of the Russia arc, which <laughs> is going to be so hokey. It's like, so really, you were you were cast away on this island three different times? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he had all these opportunities to go home. Right. <laughs> you just kind of have to... After season two, the the flashbacks just got ridiculous, and you just kind of have to suspend your disbelief and just wait till you get back to the present story. I mean, that's all there is for it. I guess so. I mean, you, you, you gotta feel like if they were gonna set up this whole uh, flashback thing on the island, that there had to have been a way that you could have had all these elements come to him on the island. And I mean, but then it gets into a Gilligan's Island sort of thing where it's just like, well, he had like he had these opportunities to get off the island. How does he keep getting trapped on this island? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the professor, his inventions never work. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Sometimes they did, but right. someone else always got to it. I get it. Those Harlem Globetrotters totally got away with it. <laughs> oh, that's our Ollie. <laughs> he broke another invention. <laughs> but having said that, I am enjoying Russia the Russian flashbacks more than the island last season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and more than Hong Kong in season three, which oh, was just God. atrocious. That was paint drying. Ugh. I mean, you knew halfway through that the kid was going to die and they just drug it out until almost the end of the season. And it was just like, really guys, seriously? <laughs> Just have it happen. It's just so agonizing when you can... It, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when they're so blatantly phoning it in like that, and you're just... When you understand what's happening, it just becomes agonizing to watch it happen because you're like, I know this already. I know what's going to happen. You're not going to surprise me. And then when it finally does, you're like, thank you. You know, here... The moment you you spring the surprise, I have a twin... Yeah, here <laughs> you've reached days of our lives territory. I, mean, I, I just I would love the idea of having you know uh, having Shadow back somehow, but not like that. And yeah. I, yeah, I just that's what that's kind of season five. They've taken the very few things that worked from season four. And they're kind of just pretending the rest never happened. And I love it. Yeah, yeah I um, because I've said from the beginning that I like having Flash and Arrow because they were so different, but they could be in the same universe. And I feel like they tried to make the Flash more like Arrow, or Arrow more like the Flash in various ways. And I'm like, no, just just let it be the dark, you know, street level show that it's been, you know, and and let us have two different flavors, and that's fine. And the thing is, you could have, fact, like, even um, with the magic stuff, I feel like there was really a way you could have done that on Arrow's level. But, I mean, because you have all of these kind of street magician characters that are in the DC universe. Certainly Constantine fits the bill. Certainly Zatanna and everything. You have these characters that definitely could have worked if you had tried to go for less of a, hey, let's do a grandiose, like, try to do big magic thing. And be like, no, no, you are working on a limited budget here. So don't try to do so much showy magic as it is more like kind of, uh, you know, creepy street magic or something like that. You know, I, I think even big magic would have worked if they just hadn't made... It's like they have this notion where Ollie has to be the chosen one. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they, they could have done like uh, <laughs> the Golden Child or something like that. They could have created a new character or used an existing character to be the magic user and then just have Oliver be their protect, you mm-hmm. know, something yeah. like that to tie it in. But trying to force him to be to suddenly in, in the space of 24 hours to be on par with Damien Dark. Was yeah. It, the only thing more unbelievable was his, his rallying the entire city in one speech. Right. Uh, you know, that was the real magic. Well, right my there. favorite thing is still Constantine shows up and he's like, hey man, if you ever need help, give me a call. And then Ollie fails to call him for the whole rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Don't you think maybe the expert in this kind of stuff should be the guy that you're calling? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe he like got you had busy. one job, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie lost his number and just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that he doesn't like to ask for help, but seriously, this is the time. <laughs> it's like, like Felicity or John should, or Diggle should have just been like, "Hey, do you remember that guy's number?" Like they should have just gaslit, you know, gaslit it or something like that. Just at least draw attention to the fact, like, "Hey, you know how you didn't call that guy who was like an expert in magic to help us with that dude who was like super good at magic." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I th- think through the course of these last few episodes, I have uh, I've gotten to like the little band of misfit toys that he kind of you know brought into it until the you know the turn and whatnot of you know evil in. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Another thing I'm really liking about Arrow is that it is the least affected show by Flashpoint. Um, well, I guess Supergirl, but um, I, 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 I like the fact that other than Diggle's kid randomly changing gender, and here's here's my issue here. When that gets revealed in the crossover, Diggle's like, oh my god, how dare you? How could this even be? And I'm like, dude, of all the people affected by Flashpoint, you got the least problem. You're, you still have a kid, same age, same everything. Just swap genders. What's your big deal? You know, other than because, the fact that it can happen. I mean, knowing that, you know, reality can just be remade, that's kind of freaky. But, like, being pissed at Ollie about it, it's like, that didn't really, like, negatively affect your life in any way. Well, he wasn't pissed at Ollie, he was pissed at Barry, but we... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, pissed at, I, I'm sorry, I, that was a Freudian, yeah, Barry, he was pissed, <laughs> oh, no, being pissed fine. at Barry about but it. Yeah. being pissed at Ollie. <laughs> that's only one of the many egregious errors that happened in the crossover that we can... We should probably just talk about those as a whole, you know? Right. Right, no, I, I agree, but I was just bringing that up because it's about the fact that Arrow is fairly untouched by Flashpoint, mm-hmm. um, other than the other than the Diggle gender change thing, which is good because I feel like when they're trying to reset things, having it be an out of continuity reset would have been a mistake. So I'm glad that as they're resetting things, it's character driven how they're resetting things and not just an external event that just remakes the world. Yeah, but they still have this tool they can now use whenever they want to say you know oh ollie's son has a different name now or he's older now or yeah, anything they want to do uh, um we're getting talia later this season right so uh, they, we might still see ramifications coming down the pipe yeah please please not aware of yet. <laughs> I, 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 flashpoint has been handled so poorly that i do not want anything else having to do with it to, to occur anywhere else in the series but but uh, but We'll get to that with Flash. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, how do you guys feel about the new characters who have been introduced and Curtis becoming a regular? I love Curtis. He's so adorable. 
<laughs> See, what I think is interesting is that they've they've done what I they they've basically taken all the lines they used to give to Felicity mm-hmm. and given mm-hmm. them to Curtis. So now Curtis is the one saying all the weird, goofy stuff, and Felicity is a lot more, I don't know, she seems a lot more centered and in charge, and it's its helped her character in my mind, yeah. whereas I say that Curtis has all the dumb Felicity lines now, so... <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. Right. I mean, Felicity has become the core of the group. Mm-hmm. They kind of, she's she's the, the, the mama. You know, they all rally to her, and she... I, I, she kind of tries to take care of them, you know, in her own way. And I kind of see Curtis as being Felicity's Felicity. Mm. Right. Is, is how I kind of see it. The, um, the only uh, watchdog I like, Artemis I like, you know, more or less. Uh, the only <laughs> one I could give or take is Ragman. He just doesn't do it for me. I can't understand a word he's saying. Well, yeah, when he's in, yeah, when he's in the costume, I don't understand what he's saying either. And yeah, he just doesn't seem to fit when he's out of costume. I don't get his role in the team or anything. I mean, other than randomly uh, knowing that the Dominators are using Hebrew or something, which I'm still yeah. a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they know Hebrew? Interesting. Right. It's like, they're using Hebrew numerology. Uh, okay. But, uh... Does aliens from another world do that? What? Right. <laughs> Flashpoint. Okay, Flashpoint. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, because I thought that Ollie was dumb for trusting him, because it was, you know, it was the same episode where he was learning to trust uh, Wild Dog, Evelyn, and Curtis with his identity and everything else, and I was like, that makes sense, though, because at least he's you know, met them, he followed them before he brought them in, or before Felicity brought them in, I guess. But, uh, you know, before, you know, and and so he knew a little bit about them. I was like, this guy you know absolutely nothing about except that he's running around killing people. And (laughs) you're just like, hey, you seem trustworthy, you want to know my secret identity? I mean, (laughs) it's it's how it it should have ended Batman. You know, (laughs) hey, you want to know my secret identity? You know? Because I'm the Green Arrow. (laughs) I'm the Green Arrow. <laughs> like, you know, at least run a credit check on the guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I like uh, Renee. Uh, you know, I feel like you know, I love the joke, the Casey Jones joke about you know how Ollie loves the hockey mask. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, but I thought that that sort of like wild you know uh, character you know kind of needs to be there. You know, the guy that's half cocked and he's going to go out you know doing his own thing. Um, I thought that that was a good person to add into the mix. You know, Curtis is the cerebral guy, uh, but he's coming a long way, uh, you know, and Evelyn, you know, I, I, you know, I, I didn't see that one coming, um, with her being the traitor to them. Um, but I, you know, I liked Evelyn. Okay. Uh, my wife said she had no personality and now we probably know why they didn't feel like investing anything into her because they knew she was going to turn traitor. But yeah, why, uh, why would you like a character and then be really disappointed that she turned traitor? You know, right. That just seems so stupid to give her an actual personality that you could latch onto. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I thought the recruits as an idea were a good idea because Ollie's now come to a point where he can train others. And I thought that was a good well, and development. And I think it's always an interesting point with Ollie, like, training other people, is that he's always, like, so resistant to it. Like, he didn't want to train Barry. He doesn't want to, you know, he didn't really want to train any of the, the new recruits. He didn't want to train uh, Laurel, obviously. Mm. Um, but 
but it always just boils down to like, hey, guess what, Ollie? You just yell at people real good, and uh, <laughs> it seems to motivate them. So, <laughs> well, the, well, Ollie's other problem is he thinks everyone needs to be trained exactly the same way that he was, and when he does that, he's really awful at it because he, I don't mm-hmm. think he understands always the mechanics of what allowed him to to learn. And he tries yeah. to go through this sort of process, but the application is wrong because it's not the right circumstances. Um, yeah, it's really like a combination of Ollie, Felicity, and Dig at this point that are the like trifecta of training new people. Because mm-hmm. you know where Ollie is like super aggressive and just kind of off-putting, Felicity is kind of like the more you know uh, nurturing character, and then Dig just kind of comes in and almost plays like bad cop older brother. Right. <laughs> I love Dick. Yes. I'm so glad that he's back because I was worried that they were going to write him out. Um, I actually, what... I think they they gave him a really good reason for being in the group. The idea of him being a, a fugitive on the run, mm-hmm. but but and feeling this need to redeem himself, that actually resonated really well uh, with me for for what they're doing with him. Some of the others, like Ollie trying to be mayor and the Arrow. It, it's not it working. Make sense. <laughs> it's not working like it should. I think it would work better if one if they ever got to the point in the storyline where he was a uh, public with his persona, then maybe they they could do something like that. But I think they forced it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we, we, there's a real problem with this show now, where Felicity is no longer the CEO of Queen Consult or Palmer Tech, and <laughs> Ollie is a mayor, which doesn't really make that much money. Where they're still able to fund this gigantic, you know, we've been told Ollie's bankrupt, like, you know, for four seasons. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay, so he's a mayor of a city that makes some money, but not enough to fund this, you know, anti-crime, you know, empire that he's got. It's like, how are they making their money? It would have been kind of interesting if, like, because and, and I might have missed some of this, but uh, if, you know, they really could have done kind of an inter- interesting, like, Vicky Vale-esque reporter, like, trying to get, you know, trying to figure out why the mayor is, you know, I don't know, spending money on certain things. Because there's always, like, an investigative reporter in these comic book shows or the in the comics themselves being like, I don't trust this person purely on the fact that they're a politician, so I'm going to do some digging. And then, like, he or she finds the, the arrow lair, and then it becomes, like, some kind of, like, weird symbiotic relationship between the reporter and the group and Ali as mayor. Like, it becomes, like, a whole thing. Were you just saying you didn't like having storytelling that was so similar, like uh, <laughs> out of the Berlanti shows? And that's like it's like a storyline we've seen like you know two dozen times before. I know, but at least with Ollie as mayor, it adds like a level of like he's you know he's got mm. an investment in trying to make the city better on two fronts, basically. And if this person like gives away that information, that ruins both of them. Did like, any? Oh. Did anyone notice in the finale that our new reporter character, who looks oddly like Laurel, like in a disturbing way, um, did, did anyone notice that her uh, alcohol was all in Russian? Yes, yes. Mm. The vodka that she picked up, the bottle, mm-hmm. and they linked with the camera lingered on it, so you know that's important. I, she's, I don't know. I think that's going to go back to like KG Beast or something like that, maybe. Yeah, I thought that they were just gonna like they were gonna keep on and that she'd clearly drugged him or something like that. Like that just that seemed like what that shot was setting up and then when they cut to the the arrow cave and it's like, Oh, he's okay. All right. <laughs> well, here here's my two cents. We know that she has access to a picture of Ollie in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz they that was the ending scene of one of the episodes a few weeks ago. Um but she hasn't done anything with it. Um and 
this was in the same episode where Ollie made a big deal that Prometheus knew a move that he had done mm-hmm. or that he had learned in Russia. Yeah. From a woman in Russia. Right. So I'm thinking that either the reporter is helping Prometheus or we're assuming because Prometheus sounds like Michael Dorn that it's a guy. Is she, in fact, Prometheus? Well, I want to know who the stunt person is then that's walking because <laughs> I I don't feel it's fair to use a, a, a man as the... Uh, as the the body and then be like oh no it was a woman the whole time it's like guys come on (laughs) like are you just afraid it would be too super obvious prometheus wears baggy clothes how do you know no i'm just curious as to who the stunt people oh okay sure like yeah i don't see it i mean uh, prometheus has i i think there's a certain intimacy to -to hand-to-hand combat Mm -hmm. and I, i don't know i think one member of the group sooner or later would have realized yeah this is not there, there, there's something different about this guy that I'm fighting, that you know, <laughs> than as opposed to other men. That something that's similar to when I fought Laurel or when I fought. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on her name, the white hair from season one, but you no, know, China White, China White, yeah, you know, or something like that. It, there, there's just similarities. I think that would come across. And am I the only one who sees that reporter and every time thinks, my God, she could be Katie Cassidy's sister? No, she definitely. There is definitely a resemblance, which is probably on purpose. Um, yeah. Especially, I'll only have type. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. breathing. Yeah. And you have to wonder like, how they're trying to build this, too, because with the, the very end of the episode where we see, like, dun, 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 oh my God, Laurel's alive. Which, however, they're going to explain that without, I mean, there's got to be, like, another Lazarus pit out there, or clone, or. Or, yeah, or it's Black like, Siren. Yeah. Earth 2. Oh, that would be, yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, she was in the locked up in the particle accelerator. Last we saw her, mm-hmm. yeah. But did did they after they locked her in? Did they do a thing where they got let out? Not that we know of, but who knows what happened because of Flashpoint. Mm. <laughs> well, no. See, I kept thinking that that was how they were going to bring Laurel back was in some weird like um, Jason Todd Superboy Prime totally like punched reality, and then she, you know, he woke up. Yeah. Whereas this like Flashpoint happened, and then suddenly she woke up in her grave and like. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see where they go with that because yeah it's either black siren or like i said from the very beginning laurel's death made no sense in the episode Mm -hmm. they showed it because the doctor's like she's recovering she's she's beat up bad but she's gonna be fine and then all of a sudden she's like flatlining like two minutes later yeah so I'm wondering if Prometheus has been involved since season four but from the shadows and quote-unquote killed laurel you know, put something in her IV or something that made her look like she was dead just to that, run Ollie through the ringer. And that would be, I mean, if they did that, that mm-hmm. would be pretty awesome. I don't give them enough credit to have planned that in advance, but um, after the fact, that would be pretty clever. Well, you also have a number of what, or, you know, secret organizations in the DC universe. I mean, it, it, maybe not Argus, but it could have been like, I don't know what. Oh shit! There's a bunch of other hive. Um, yeah. You know, there, I mean, there could there could be a couple. I, of course, I'm blanking on all of them now. But, uh, <laughs> I can, and the Marvel ones are popping in my head left and right. <laughs> I know, right? There, there, there are a few of them where they could always kind of be like, "Oh, you know how there's Argus? Well, there's another super secret organization." <laughs> Well, to me, though, for, for for this season where it's pretty much been 
you know, uh, given to us as this is Prometheus plotting Ollie's downfall this whole season. To me, if it's anything that doesn't have to do with Prometheus' plan, then it won't work as well. To me, this has to be part of the game that Prometheus is playing to just make Ollie feel either he found Black Siren and has recruited her and is going to have her spin some story pretending to be Earth One Laurel. Or it's Earth One Laurel that he's now, you know, uh, putting out there, you know, maybe so that Ollie will, you know, feel better and then to kill her again or some other purpose that is part of, you know, making Oliver wish that he was dead, Mm -hmm. uh, which is his stated goal. I mean, I love what he's done so far. I mean, he's made Ollie, he's, he's alienating all of Ollie's friends. Uh, yeah. You know, by having him kill Felicity's boyfriend, by setting up Diggle uh, so that Diggle gets captured. You know, he, he's basically deconstruct. He's having he fought Curtis in front of Curtis's boyfriend specifically to cause the trouble between the mm. two of them. Um, you know, he's been very smart about how he's been taking him on. And the only thing I know for 100% certain is if the explanation they gave in that episode, that he's the son of some character that they just kind of made up as a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> then that like, will be the most that, bogus that thing. thing. that happened during season one? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would be the most biggest letdown that they could possibly do with Prometheus. <laughs> so, do you add, uh, do you how do you feel about the, the the theory, you know, tying Prometheus to Quentin, uh, either possessing him or, or do you just believe Quentin, uh, Prometheus snuck into his apartment and cut him just to frame him? Oh, I think he's framed because here's the thing. Even if Quentin was in such a sorry headspace that he could, uh, you know, that he could become a murderer like that, mm-hmm. it would, it, he doesn't have the skills to do what Prometheus does. And unless Prometheus is, Matt, you just talked about possession, that's something I hadn't even thought of. But unless it is some magical thing where it isn't really him anyway, but something possessing him, that would be the only way his body could be used for that. Because, yeah, I don't think that Quentin has this. I mean, he was knocking arrows out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cops can all get that training, you know. I... Hey, well, when you're in Star City, maybe you do. Right. <laughs> I mean, there do seem to be an abundance of arrows flying around that. You're like, you know, of all of the super villains and vigilantes we could get, why are they all archers? Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. To me, the one that would make the most sense but probably won't work is uh, if it was Tommy Merlin. Uh, And that's just because the actor is most likely unavailable to do it. it. If they made it where Tommy was either brought back by Merlin using the Lazarus pit, maybe that's why he was trying to get them not to do it with Sarah, is he saw what it did to his own son when he tried it. Um, Mm. You know, something along those lines. I I could buy that, but I don't think that the actor, because he's doing another show... Is yeah. available, so that's probably not it. Oh, there, uh, there. That answers your previous question, though. Totally to a callback, but Thea's paying for everything. She's 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 got Merlin money. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But she's. Oh, do you think she's still doing it, even though she's not being speedy? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is she? I mean, every third episode, she suits it up again. Right. But, um, <laughs> no, this yeah. is the last. Someone who really wants to get out of the game. <laughs> yeah. In it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I mean, it makes she's still down in the lair often enough, so out yeah. of costume. So yeah, I could see her foot in the bill. Okay, yeah, I know because you're right. They did say that last season. I think that she had all the Merlin money that she was able to to spend. So I guess that does make a kind of sense. Yeah, and there's kind of an irony. Actually, I could definitely see her doing it. Uh, just 
kind of to twist the knife into Malcolm that she's using his money to pay for uh, Oliver's uh, adventures. Yeah. That sounds like something Thea would do. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea because I've, I've once again the rumors of the question coming into the fold are are out there because um, Berlanti really loves the question and wants to to put you know either uh, the Victor Sage or the Rene Montoya version into Arrow, which I think would actually kind of work in their favor because you know who do you get to kind of track down a mysterious you know Archer a detective. <laughs> And they can have the Huntress come back at the same time. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the, the human target was kind of a, a, a dud. It wasn't. He wasn't bad. Right. But, you know, so if, if they do it right, it, I think it, the question would have to be more than a one episode. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But more it would definitely it, be kind of cool because, you know, the question would just find the arrow cave and just show up and be like, Oh yeah, no, no, I I found it. Like, right. It's not that hard, actually. <laughs> to be fair, that's true of all the Berlanti shows, you know. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, my, how did you find the secret lair? Like, why? Like, it's hard. <laughs> my my secret? favorite was last season when you know Quentin's down there in the lair, and then suddenly Mer- Merlin and like twenty ninja just show yeah. up, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? You let everybody in here now? <laughs> I just love it if like more villains like ran into each other going into the city. <laughs> like, oh, are you here to kill him? Because we're here to kill him. Take a number. <laughs> it's like we have an appointment. <laughs> Damien Dark was probably the only villain that never found the place. Yeah. Did he really have to? <laughs> so, do we have uh, anything else that we're really burning to say about Arrow this season? Mm. I like Dolph Lundgren. So yeah. that was fun. <laughs> He's become uh, such a better actor as he's gotten older, actually. Right? <laughs> That's because he has to try now. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, about the only other thing I'd say about Arrow and Prometheus is it really makes me feel like a slacker. I mean, what Oliver and Prometheus can learn and do in like four to five years, right. like, I like that. It's like, damn. <laughs> so thanks for showing me up, Berlanti. You know? <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's showing up Ollie as well because Ollie, it's it's taken him nine years to get to the point that he is now, and Prometheus did it in four. Assuming so. he's the person they say he is. Well, yeah. he also said, you know, I've been waiting four years for this. So I think that because he never said that he was the son of that guy, he just left them clues that lead to that conclusion. I don't think he's been dishonest with Ollie. So I oh. think when he said specifically, "It's I've been waiting four years for this," I think that part is true. All we know for sure is he has some connection to Oliver, right? Coming back. Yeah. Uh, Sam, do you have anything more you want to say about Arrow? No, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> Three more shows, that, people. Three more shows. I know, right? That's so last week. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just the way Sam was talking is just kind of like I'm so over here. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of sleep deprived (laughs) (laughs) alright so next up is The Flash you're lucky I'm coherent (laughs) (laughs) which I would say if Arrow is the most improved show I would say The Flash is the most uh unimproved like it's the it's fallen the furthest of all the shows where that first season was a master class on how to do a superhero TV show and Mm -hmm. the second season was a step down, and then this third third season dealing with the 
mishandling of Flashpoint to an extreme degree has just made the show... I don't know. I don't even think it's enjoyable to watch anymore. I, I'm just kind of, like, slogging through it at this point. And I, I would like I would like your thoughts on this. Sam, uh, since Ryan started off a few times, do you, you want to start off with this one? Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, no, I I still find it enjoyable to watch The Flash, you know, on on a certain on a certain level just because I still to a degree like the characters. <laughs> and they still tend to have the most fun with those kind of like um uh, Silver Age characters and whatnot. Like I, mm-hmm. I always kind of enjoy more what Flash does with the the pantheon of, of DC characters than maybe Arrow does. Um, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl are still new, so it's kind of like yeah, give them time to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, because it's the Berlanti universe, every the the storylines are getting so accelerated to a degree where it's like you know, you guys can let something breathe and it'll be okay. Like, we're not so ADHD that we can't, like, settle on something for a little bit, you know? my One of my biggest problems is the... Um, the focus on who's mad at Barry and for what reason and then for how long. Right. Because I mean, I'm saying minutes. That's how long. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because here's the thing with the Flashpoint stuff. Um, because again, a- aggressively accelerated storylines here where the whole him coming back from Flashpoint and something like, oh, what's different? Uh, oh, Iris and Joe are mad at each other because of the mom thing. And then by the end of the episode, it's it's fixed. It's over. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that. It's like she's mad at her dad purely for the fact that they need her to be mad at him for some reason so that they are separated. They they couldn't come up with a better reason to have them separated, nor could they spend more than one episode on that. So it's like making story decisions that are not uh, that don't benefit the characters um, in a lot of ways. And then you have the repercussions of Flashpoint with Caitlin, who has far more reason to be mad at Barry in terms of the the timeline basically altering her DNA. Um, and she's mad at him for like half of the episode before they have to do the, do the whole, you won't kill me, you won't kill me, oh shit, she might, oh no, she won't. <laughs> um, but then Cisco gets the renewed information that, you know, his brother was alive in a previous, in the previous timeline. And then we spend two, two episodes prior to the, um, the crossover and then the crossover is you know for the two episodes that actually have to do with the big story that they're actually trying to tell are more focused on cisco and barry's friendship than you know uh anyone else being angry at him so i feel like it's it's you know where the where they choose to put their time into what relationships and how they handle them is kind of um unbalanced right now yeah. Um. Uh, here's the here's the thing because you brought up the the Joe Iris thing and I totally get what you're saying with the accelerated storytelling. I mean, it was a problem I had. Uh, one of my few problems with the first season was when Eddie creates the Anti Flash Task Force. They exist for exactly yeah. 1.5 episodes, never do anything uh, or get in the Flash's way in any way before they're dismantled because everyone just finally decides, oh, the Flash is a good guy because he saves some people. But yeah. anyway, that <laughs> that aside, um, my big problem with Flashpoint is that it is all just a load of crap. Because if you go back and say, 
and say, okay, so where in season two that we saw Joe and Iris patch things up and instead they never did patch things up, that whole season couldn't have happened the way that it happened. For instance, Iris being there with the team and being part of it was essential for getting Barry out of the Speed Force. If she Mm -hmm. hadn't been willing to be there, if she and Joe were having this fight, that wouldn't have happened. And there's so many little things like that where it's like you can't micromanage what's different and what isn't. If you try to start with the premise of what's different, then all the ripples of that you know, happening have to go outwards from that. And it's like they tried to micro... Uh, Cisco being upset that Dante was killed, he said months ago. Well, we know Barry returned to the exact day that he left because, <laughs> you know, Joe said, hey, your dad just died when Barry returned. So we know... So if it's, it's, if it's months before that, that means it was during the trouble in season two that Dante died. If Cisco mm-hmm. was mad at Barry through those last few months and was having all these issues, emotional issues and everything else, there would have been... Lots more problems with how they, you know, had to defeat Zoom and everything else. And again, all of that's just kind of like swept under the rug. And they're just saying, well, these few things can be different, but it didn't affect anything else, which to me is garbage and poor storytelling. Which also sounds like the actual Flashpoint comic. Right. And, and, and that's my problem with the whole premise of what they're doing with Flashpoint and why they don't want them to merge universes because they'll do the same thing. They'll say, well, we can make these few things like be different, but say like everything else somehow magically stayed the same. And it doesn't work that way. You know, yes, if you merge the does. universes, everything would have to be different. Every, their their whole lives, their whole pasts would be different. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, first off, no, you're not giving these people enough credit. They can separate their personal lives from their professional lives. Anyone who goes to work and has to work for a dick, you know, can do that. You know, I mean, (laughs) so it's entirely possible that Cisco could have been mad at Barry for a couple of months, but still help save not only the world, not only the universe, but every universe. You kind of prioritize what's important there. So I I don't have a problem with that. with, or even the Iris Joe thing. Is, is it weak? Yes. Is it possible? Absolutely. My problem with Flashpoint is they just, it was wasted opportunity. It, the, the changes with it, with the occasional exception like uh, uh, Julian or, um, or Caitlin, uh, have been just, they're, they're weak sauce. Uh, I don't know if either of you ever watched it, but um, the show Eureka. And I think it was like the second to last season, whichever one had uh, Baltar show up, uh, they did the same thing. They went back in time and they accidentally changed some stuff. They brought someone from the past back into the future. And the entire show was different. There were major changes. People who were underlings were suddenly in charge. Fargo was suddenly the pre- uh, the, com- the company leader and other changes. That, and, and they kept with it for the next two seasons. And it worked because they, they thought it out and they stuck it out. And Flashpoint hasn't done any of that. Every change they've made, they've resolved. It's like, oh, this is different, but now it's better. You know, within this episode, we we noticed it was wrong, and now we fixed it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the the very fact that once Cisco did learn of Dante's death, that Dante was alive pre-Flashpoint, and the fact that he stayed mad at Barry for two and a half episodes is amazing. <laughs> that, that's the longest they've taken anything through in this season. So, yeah. 
missed opportunities. The, the other two things that I have a problem with with regard to Flashpoint are, one is Caitlyn. They did a whole episode last season to say, nope, 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 Caitlyn's never going to be Killer Frost. You know, there, there's no way it can happen. No way, no how. Which is basically <laughs> a wasted episode now because they decide, well, you know what? You know, maybe it would be interesting to make Caitlyn Killer Frost. But the way that they've done it has been so stupid. You know, I, and I, you know, Ryan and I have talked about this before, and Ryan says, well, it's, it's, you know, the DNA changing is actually messing with her mind, which is fine. I understand the explanation, but wouldn't it be far more interesting to have her have a real character reason that after she is given those powers to actually become bitter and, you know, to actually, uh, you know, become an angry, you know, evil person. But instead, it's this sort of like magic. Oh, we hand waved. We've given you powers. And because of those powers, it's altering your brain chemistry, whatever. To me, that was so flat you know, uh, was the least interesting way they could have done Killer Frost, and I really couldn't care, uh, you know, about it. And it, and it's also kind of like a, it's it's a convenient, you know, out for them if they need, like, her to, oh, she's not using her powers, she's trying not to use her powers, but we need her to use her powers at the end of this episode to, like, beat the villain or something like that. Yeah. It's it's basically there for it's to give them kind of an out on certain things, too, because they're like, well, what if we need this? Well, Caitlin will just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think if they did it right, if they actually like we, we've talked about Nathan, if they did that in the show and explained that hey, the, the meta meta humans, their DNA has been altered and it's messing up their brain chemistry to a certain degree, mm. and that's why so many of the metas have gone become villains. Uh, it would it would make sense in, in the sense that the more some of them use their powers, the more imbalanced they become. And if they actually used Caitlin as a test subject to discover this, I think then it would it would have been a good change. It would have made sense. But the very fact that we're dealing or or, or if we find out, I mean, let's be honest, she's been through some crap. She's lost two loves in two years, two major loves in two right. years. Who've died, and that has unless she's been suppressing it, and maybe that maybe that's part of it as well. You know, it's all interconnected. But they they have to explore it. They can't just say she uses her power; she's evil for reasons. Well, that and, but that's what and they're doing. You could yeah. you could have tried something too with like instead of making Julian the obvious like oh uh, he's clearly going to be the Prometheus guy, um, uh, you could have actually. <laughs> you could have actually gone the other way and been like, oh, by the way, no, Julian is oddly enough not the other guy. It's just some random dude. Um, and But Julian is brought in to kind of, you know, fold him into it where he, you know, basically gives them that information on metahumans where he, since he's been devoting presumably more of his time to studying them, like, then he would be able to give you that information about the brain chemistry, you yeah. know? Yeah. How refreshing yeah. would it have been if Julian was just a jerk and not a supervillain? What? <laughs> yeah, when, when they revealed him taking out the mask, that, I was just, I mean, I sighed. I mean, it was just the yeah, biggest, like, longest sigh, because it was the most obvious way to go, and it was the least interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. Except for the fact that when he's possessed, his accent disappears for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it's Savitars. <laughs> that's true. This could be Savitar speaking through him. Well, that no, that's what they said in the last episode. Can they just bring Gorilla Grodd back for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, he costs too much money. <laughs> well, I love how every other universe supposedly has tons of you know uh, 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 you know speaking apes, and we just had the one in our universe. <laughs> oh, I love that too. Where he's like, wait, you don't have a whole bunch, like a whole city of, of apes, basically. It's like, <laughs> like I want to live there. Right. 
Because, yeah, both um, Harry and HR have both said that on their Earths that they have, you know, tons of, you know, uh, intelligent apes. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we're we're missing out. I kind of hey. want them to do a showcase of just Earth 2 stories so that we can kind of see, like, how amazingly awesome and way better Earth 2 is. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we can see, as long as Barry runs around on a dirigible, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was about to say, or Earth 3, because I'm really digging uh, John Wesley Ship as Jay Garrick. Every yeah. time John Wesley Ship is on the show, it's like ten times better. I mean, right? <laughs> and with Mark Hamill as the sort of Jokerish version of the trickster on Earth Three, that was just oh. beautiful. <laughs> it was so <laughs> good. <laughs> Which is, they just need to get John Wesley Ship on Legends permanently. That would right? be great. Yeah, oh my god! Not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he could totally be like the hipster on the show. Yeah. He could be like, "Hey, I was a superhero before it was cool." <laughs> you know. Although credit where credit's due, the, yes, it was extremely predictable that they, Julian was Doctor Alchemy, but at least it wasn't HR. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah that's true. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> I, I'm actually loving HR. I don't know why. I shouldn't be, but I do. I, I think it's just because Tom Cavanaugh yeah. is just really likable. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I've never seen him play drums, but you know, he can wa- walks around with the sticks all the time. <laughs> I just feel like that's the closest to his actual personality. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the idea of what they're trying to do with HR. Of, okay, sure, yeah, Wells wouldn't be a scientist on every Earth that he exists. And just the idea of a, a guy who just wants to escape his own life that, you know, is kind of tanked, and he's just pretending to be this other guy so that he can write a novel. I don't know. I just like the whole setup for it. I think it allows him to play a different character. And the fact that Caitlin and Cisco have been able to solve all the science stuff anyway, they didn't need another yeah. scientist. <laughs> only thing that only thing that would make it better is you find out he's actually running from an ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love he's that he was hitting on Joe's girlfriend. the looks that joe was giving him when he was uh when he was hitting on his uh, girlfriend was just hilarious (laughs) and when he's drunk and he's like good job joe after joe kisses her (laughs) (laughs) and yeah credit there at least they're trying to get joe uh, a girlfriend yeah he he needs some life outside of barry and iris and now wally i mean it's it's Yeah, he needs his own life. Um, but th- th- but yeah, I, I haven't I haven't mentioned the the other real problem I have with Flashpoint, and this one is a real kicker to me, and it's part of the reason why I feel like the time travel on this show and to another extent Legends, even though they handle it differently, is so makes me so annoyed and doesn't make me excited like time travel normally does. Is that we no longer have the Reverse Flash stranded. 15 years ago to become Harrison Wells, yet nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the biggest flaw in this whole setup that there's no way around. There is no longer a guy there to take Wells's place and become, uh, you know, the evil Wells who, you know, then accelerates the development of the product particle accelerator and makes Barry become the flash early, but yet it happened anyway. <sighs> it, yes and no. I mean, they they tried explaining around that they, they that reverse flash exists up to the point. Any any reverse flash we see, I'm, and I'm, which I'm assuming includes the Legends reverse flash, is prior to 
reverse flash coming back and becoming Harrison Wells. So all all those I mean he's got you know however old 40 something you know years or maybe longer cuz he is from the future that of adventure. So it's entirely possible that all this is still happening prior to his unraveling death. Whenever you no, 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 I'm not talking about the unraveling death. I'm talking about how when Barry and the reverse flash show up, their their yes. selves that existed in the house disappeared. They were eradicated at that moment and then oh. they run to the present. So it's no longer the scene that we saw in season 1 where the reverse flash leaves the house, loses his speed, and is then forced to become Harrison Wells and create the heart particle accelerator early to get home. And that never happened now. So that is my problem with with the whole Flashpoint yeah. scenario. Yeah, I remember either you mentioned it or I thought about that when, when it premiered. Um, but then at the same time, there should have been like four flashes in that scene anyway. Right. You know? so, or four Aries. Well, well, here's the thing. Flashpoint should have ended... With Barry becoming the Barry that, like, says no to his earlier self, who was going to interfere. You know, he, he, he created the alternate timeline, he learned he shouldn't do that, yeah. he goes back in time, because we remember in the first season when Barry goes back, his older self looks at him and shakes his head no. Mm-hmm. And that could have been the moment when the timeline actually converges instead of just becomes like this sort of irrational universe that Berlani has created. But instead, we have this irrational universe where when you go back in time, sometimes you duplicate yourself and sometimes you just replace yourself. And there's no explanation of why it happens one way sometimes and the other way the other times. Dude, it's the speed force, man. It works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Uh, so this is my frustration with this season. Yeah, this I don't my think frustration I've... with time travel in general and why I don't really care for it as a storytelling device in long-form television. <laughs> uh, yeah, up until Abrams, Star Trek was did the best time travel. They were consistent over 40-some-odd years. You know? But Flash screws it up in, in one season. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Flash just screws it up on the regular, and yeah, uh, we just kind of deal with it. <laughs> So what do we think is Savitar's deal? Because it's almost certainly he's one of the group because of the things he was saying in that last episode. And I know a lot of people are thinking along those lines also from just stuff that I've read. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Or do you think he's going to be somebody? I mean, firstly, I hate the whole deal that he looks like Sauron from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that that, you know, he doesn't emote because of that. He, I mean, it just is ridiculous. Why is he covered in metal? What does that have to do with being a speedster? Um, mm-hmm. I, I get that they're trying to do something visually different than Zoom in the Reverse Flash, but yeah. I, I think it was a huge mistake personally. But you know, what do you guys? What do you guys think about like the sort of revelations that he was giving? I don't know that it necessarily means he's one of the group. It it just means he's got access to the Speed Force. That I think he's going to be a Paw Wraith to the speed force. Yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be the the dark manifestation of the speed force. He's be, the very fact that he's been able to take Barry around almost instantaneously from or if not instantaneously from place to place suggests that he's maybe has access to all places and all times. And so he's he's limited only apparently by uh, the stone box that they keep him in. So I, I don't see him as being part of the group. I just think he's got access to possible futures no different than gideon 
and and the room that they sometimes forget they have and the newspaper from the future. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that throwing the box into the speed force was probably the worst idea because it's going to turn out that they like it charges it up or something yeah. and makes it even they, more powerful. It, <laughs> right. I feel like it's just the, the season is is maybe just leading up to getting Barry to god mode so that he can go up against Avatar, but then, which could also work, but then it's like, uh, it's very similar to maybe what they're trying to do, what they did with like Wally West in um, the J uh, Justice League cartoon, mm-hmm. where he merges basically with the speed force and then almost disappears and, and everything, which I think is is a, a, a route that they could definitely go. I mean, they, they kind of sort of did it already when he was trapped in the speed force, mm-hmm. but in this way, it would be him more like, purposely taking it on to be you know so he could beat savitar like maybe he has to go to the speed force and be like hey i can talk to you right like you're a person um and (laughs) and then like makes the case and they give him those powers or he figures out a way to do it and then it's more about like trying to make sure that he doesn't go like full-on you know i have reached zen and now i must become permanent energy or something like that actually i would really love because they keep on setting up that wally is faster than he is i would really love it if barry if the season did end with barry merging with the speed force and wally is the new flash they're not gonna do that. i know they're not gonna do it but to me that would be the narrative that would be the logical narrative choice you know, with with what they're setting up here, because it's like Barry re- exchanges his life for Iris. The only way to defeat Savitar and save Iris is to take on all that speed and become one with the Speed Force, knowing that after he saves Iris, he has to go. And, and that would be it. Would be sad. It would be uh, you know. Um, uh, it would it would feel logically right. It would feel like the right decision. It would be the, the hero's choice, right? And then they've already set up Wally as the logical successor, and so he can just take over. But if, yeah. if they did that, it would be the season finale, and they would just reset it at the <laughs> very beginning of, of season four. Suddenly, you know, Barry's struck by lightning again, or something. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. The, no. Wally flashpoint too. Yeah. The way, yeah. No, the way I see it playing out is I don't see Barry joining the Speed Force. I see it having to be we've we've established Jesse Quick. We've got you know Wally as Kid Flash. I think it's going to take a team effort. It's going to take all three of them. We're going to bring her back, and it might even we might even need uh, Earth Three Flash right. as well. I think it's going to take in this past. Uh, the mid-season finale they had to work together i think we're going to see more of that of them it's going to be like two of them are fighting savitar they're all going to be fighting savitar instantaneously in different places at different times if that makes any sense no it does i mean the the because i think one of the more disappointing things about last year was when uh they had all the metahumans from the alternate earth coming over but it was only barry having to deal with them and he dealt with them in like the first five minutes of the yes. episode you're like yeah. <laughs> i thought everything was just building up to like you've got wally you've got jesse you've already done this and and <laughs> like you you've set up you've made you've laid the table it's like it's ready to go but no money yeah <laughs> so i mean i definitely can see where they would definitely do that right because why introduce all of these other speedsters if you weren't going to make yeah. use of them at some point well, and one of them's going to have to die, which which Savitar already told them through Julian is one will die. And <laughs> if, I mean, the, the original Savitar storyline in the comics, one of the speedsters dies. Now, they don't have Johnny Quick, who is the character who died in uh, the, the comics. Um, and, and I doubt they'll kill off John Wesley's ship again. Uh, because yeah. they already did that, but it, it is, you know, it does almost feel like someone has to die as part of this just to give it the kind of weight 
that it will need, which is why I was still toying with the idea of maybe Barry sort of dies by becoming one with the Speed Force. But uh, no, like like DC Comics, uh, they, they I mean they they always try to find a way to bring Barry back now since he sacrificed himself. <laughs> They're they're really not going to get rid of that. It's pr- if all likelihood it would be Jesse Quick or Jay Garrick because they're not regulars, right? Or no, it's going to be even less meaningful. It's going to be Julian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he develops speed powers for some reason. Well, you know the the thing that I was really hoping, uh, and. I, I, they might still be able to go that way, but the thing that I was really hoping was that somehow Savitar was the reverse Flash who became Wells, who doesn't have like a real existence anymore. But because of the weird, you know, rift that opened up after Eddie shot himself, that he had some sort of like half existence, which is why he's linked to the stone. And that because he mm-hmm. he referred to HR as the fake Wells, which is hmm. still interesting to me because it's like he's not fake. He's just the Wells of another Earth, but who would think that other than another Wells is like, you're a fake, you're a copy, or you're, you know, an inadequate version of Wells. And and so my mind keeps toying with that, and to me that would be really interesting if we could have that character back. Because I I sort of love that dichotomy that that Wells version of the Reverse Flash had with Barry, the sort of love and respect, but also hatred. You know, yeah. like, I hate yeah. you, but you can't watch somebody for 15 years and try to mold their life without having, like, a certain amount of love for you, too. And I'd love to bring that back. No, I mean, because that's always been one of the the more charming aspects of the Flash character, comics, cartoons, you know, what have you, is, is this really strange relationship he always seems to have with his rogues. Mm-hmm. Um there, it's. I mean, yeah, a lot of them hate each other, but there's also the, always this like begrudging respect too. Like, I miss Captain Cold. I really, you know, and and Wentworth Miller, you know, made his little cameo on the the Legends um, yeah. season finale. But I wasn't he supposed to be like a regular, like a half season on Flash or something like that too? No, what they said is they signed the same deal with him that they signed with. Um, Oh, God, why is Merlin's real name? Uh, uh, John Barrowman. Yeah, no. that they signed with Barrowman, which was that he could potentially appear on any of the four Berlanti shows. Oh, okay. But it's, it's as an irregular on all of them. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, I really feel like, I mean, because he was the first, like, major rogue that Barry, you know, had, you know, dealt with regularly, that he's, he's just the one that you would need to have back. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. he's... You know when uh, when he showed up at his apartment and he's drinking the cocoa and you know it, it almost <laughs> feels like Barry needs that villain that that adversary to kind of like keep him on his toes and put him in his place a little bit because mm-hmm. everyone else to... is just like let's coddle Barry and then we'll kind of get mad at him but then it'll be fine yeah I, I still <laughs> love that episode with Michael Ironside where Barry like meets Snart and he's like Snart and starts like Barry. And it's just like this whole little interplay that they have where they're kind of whispering because Snart's breaking into this place, but it's it's just this cute little relationship, and I love it. But I, yeah. I guess I'm the only... I know I'm the only person that doesn't like Wentworth Miller or Snart, but that, I know, is, is heresy. <laughs> but I, I do see what you're saying, Sam, about he needs a, a constant villain that's not going to disappear at, at the end of the season and who isn't a yeah. speedster, you know, just someone who's yeah. going to be there and push his buttons and not, you can't trust, you can trust them to be themselves, but no further than that. 
Well, yeah. When they said Dr. Alchemy was going to be in this season, they didn't say it was going to be linked to Savitar. So I was actually hoping that, oh, we're actually going to have a non-speedster major recurring villain. And instead it was just like, oh, no, he's just an adjunct character to Savitar. And it's just like, oh, yeah. oh seriously? Yeah. I mean, if they had tried to develop Mirror Master more, that would have been nice. Cause, I mean, there's... <laughs> There's this really great rogues gallery that Flash has. I mean, hell, they have they had their own comic for a while that was just called The Rogues. You know, these are sympathetic and yet villainous characters. I mean, hell, you could find another way to bring Boomerang back into it if you need to. Yeah, I well, especially since they seem to be relaxing the restriction on characters who appear in movies because, you know, we had Superman and Supergirl and Deadshot appeared albeit as a figment of Diggle's imagination, but he did appear. And mm. so, yeah, I would hope that they could bring Captain Boomerang back, but, you know, we'll we'll just have to see. It would just be nice to have an entire episode where, like, Mirror Master Heatwave, uh, Captain Cold, and Boomerang are all kind of together. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Mirror Master, and, and again, I don't really know DC Comics that well, but Mirror Master just annoyed me because I know he can do more than just travel through mirrors. Yeah. And that was really stupid because it's like Mirror Master has such weird powers and the potential of the things that he can do is really interesting. And to just limit it to he basically creates portals out of mirrors makes him kind of blah. I mean, he's not very interesting that way. Yeah. <laughs> now that I brought the podcast down. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I, mean I, I definitely want to talk about Wally for a second just because sure. um, – I mean, for, I think for a lot of us, you know, for all of us, maybe, you know, Wally West was the Flash we grew up with. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and, and I'm glad that they brought him in. And I'm glad that they finally got him into the speedster uh, mode and everything. I'm just not, I, I just don't care for this whole, like, you can't go out there and be like this. Well, we got to find <sighs> reasons to not get him out there. Well, and, and just by God, don't tell Iris. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's back yeah. to that. It's that same season one, like, insanity yeah. of don't tell Iris, don't tell Iris. It's like, don't let Wally use his speed. Don't let Wally... Why not? You know, yeah. why not prepare him more for the threats he's going to face anyway? You know? Because yeah, they're afraid he's going to go back in time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wonderful meme on Facebook where it's like everybody, you know, like showing Jay and Wells and all the different people telling Barry, don't change time. And then it's Savitar with his big blade hand going, I'm going to cut you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> which, which would be a great explanation if that was the explanation for Savitar. It's just like, you know, you just keep changing time and I'm just the, you know, I'm just going to cut you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, I just... Yeah, this this whole I mean again this is another staple of the Berlanti universe and, and really all of like the CW television where it's like, hey, there's this minor thing that if maybe we told each other about now would probably not be as big of a deal later. But you know what we're gonna do? Not tell each other and then we're gonna keep that secret until it comes out and then we're all pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone care that Iris is gonna die? I mean, do either of you care that that's the I, the I like I actually do like you know uh, the actress, and I like I like the I like the Iris that has happened since finding out yeah. about Barry. She's definitely become far more assertive, and you can see the reasons why you know Barry relies on her and all that. Um, I do wish they would give her. You know, she's not really a reporter so much anymore. She's not right. doing that. Um, so I, I the the problem with them having such a, a a larger cast now is that you know they're they're not doing a very good job of balancing what people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> But I do like, you know, Iris and I care. I just 
when they present, you know, things like that, where it's like, oh, you were in the future, Barry, and that's possibly going to happen to Iris. You know what? We know it's probably not, because yeah. <laughs> it's the Berlanti universe, and it's Flash. <laughs> and, it, and it's Iris. Well, well here's the and thing, though. They could always do it because they did it in the comics and then just bring her back next season through whatever convoluted process they want to do it. Yeah. And so I'm not sure she won't die this season, but if if she does, she's back next season through for reasons. I I think that's the danger right there in in doing Flashpoint and doing all this is, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Iris. It's like, yeah, I like her. I don't, but I know any threat to her isn't real because Mm -hmm. one, She's the main character who's the love interest who eventually has to marry Barry. And two, let's be honest, we thought, I mean, Barry went back to save his mom. What's he going to do for Iris? It doesn't matter how many warnings he gets. If she dies, he's going back again. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and then we started all over again. So I just, it, it doesn't feel a com- like a compelling threat. If it was anyone else, if it was uh, Joe. I would have been like, oh my god, no, you better not. Because a part of me thinks they might actually kill him. Mm-hmm. Or Cisco, or, or Caitlin, or any of the others. But Iris, it just doesn't feel real. Yeah. yeah. If, if anybody had a death sentence on them, it would be Joe, because he is the father figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, characters and father figures, ooh, they do not go well together. Well, especially <laughs> and, since they can always bring back Jay as the mentor figure in whatever episode they want to. So they could kill off Joe and still give Barry a mentor when he needs it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, to call back again to Arrow, um, uh, Deathstroke killing Moira was a powerful episode. Mm-hmm. And do, they could do that with Joe. And it, it, maybe not with Savitar. That's it, Savitar is no is no uh, weight uh, Slade, but something like that. Joe sooner or later, Joe's going to bite it, and that's why. It, had he been up there, I would have thought, yeah, yeah, they could do it. Of course, if they do kill him, I'm shocked Joe has made it as long as he did because that was what I said after watching the first episode of The Flash. Is how long I love Joe. How long before they kill him? And I didn't <laughs> think he would make it out of the first season. I thought, for all the reasons that we've said, he's the mentor figure, everything else, and I figured about the time Barry gets his dad out of prison, Joe will die. So that the dad can take over as the mentor figure once Joe is dead. And and it didn't happen, and I'm I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) He'll die for Wally, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But on the bright side, if they did kill Iris, maybe we can bring Linda back. Or or Patty? Yeah. You prefer Linda? Oh, I was not a fan of them having Linda Park with Barry. Like that yeah. no, for Wally. For Wally. Oh, oh, oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for Wally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm saying if they kill Iris, they should bring Patty back for Barry. But yeah, I just no. didn't like Patty. No. Yeah, really? no. If yeah, if Linda Park came back, yeah, totally with Wally, but she would be people yeah, doesn't really matter. She's only a few years older than him. So. Well, she was older than Iris. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so she's like 28 and Wally's like 18. So it is a little on the weird side. Yeah, it's weird. I know. I, I, I didn't like that they introduced Linda and made her that age because I knew if they ever brought Wally in, that would make that kind of weird. And I, mm-hmm. I wish that they had waited for Wally to introduce Linda. But now they're, yeah. they're setting up Wally and Jesse as a thing. So I don't know. I mean, that's different, but it could be interesting. No, it's it's definitely cute, and I did like that. You know, Wells was just kind of like you can be like you stay away from. Her. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Wally will get aged up in the Speed Force or something. Who knows? Oh, that's yeah, true. Flash. Yeah, well, those I mean, wormhole aliens. Comics, I mean, Speed Force. You know, they can. Well, no, because in the comics, Wally was the one that really figured out how the the Speed Force worked. Yeah, mm-hmm. but 
again, like DC Comics likes to do, they'll probably give all that to Barry. Right. Well, I mean, um, oh, what was his name from the, uh, Wally's mentor? Um, oh, oh uh, uh, Max Mercury, who they're kind Max of merging Mercury. with Jay now. Because um, mm-hmm. I was I was noting that in this latest episode that suddenly Jay is the guy who has all the Speed Force lore that I was hoping they're going to introduce Max Mercury to give to Barry, but you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually that right there is the the catchphrase for the entire season. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love the idea of this guy who has been bouncing around time all this time because the one thing he wants is to achieve that nirvana of becoming one with the speed force and he can never quite every time he gets close he like ends up th- uh, being bounced around time and not quite getting there and so you've got this guy with all this knowledge of, of ages and times past and everything else and he's but he he can never get that one thing that he really wants and I, and I just loved that character and I, I would love to see him but I don't think they're gonna go there oh maybe HR is Max Mercury <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> and he is a fake Wells. I'm just yeah, saying. No, that would make him a fake Well, No, you're right. You're right. That that would be interesting, actually. But uh, I, I think we've kind of beaten the flash horse here. Do you, do you, guys, <laughs> do you guys have anything else to say, Sam? Uh, no, I think, we, I think we suitably covered it until we get to the, the, the crossover. Right. Uh, Ryan? Uh, I'm just glad. You know what? Joe's got a girlfriend. He's going to die. Oh, you're probably right. (laughs) No, if anything, the way this show works, Joe got a girlfriend. Girlfriend's gonna die. Oh, yeah. Either way. (laughs) And it's it's that reason why I really hope Jesse doesn't buy it because uh, I I think there's something. I mean, my daughter is so excited about Jesse because Mm -hmm. there's a female speedster, and that's what would really suck if they killed off Jesse. But right. Yeah. Ooh, what would be really cool? Actually, maybe. Is if um oh man if they had because pe- one of the things that I really don't care for when they introduce a time travel aspect is where are the people from the future coming back to our time yeah you know, what if like because in the in the comics again I mean you'd have to fudge the timeline a little bit again but uh, Wally and Linda have twins uh, that they named uh, Jay and Iris. And so what if one of them were to come back in time and then it's just like, oh, shit, or Impulse comes back or something. Yeah, I mean, they, they yeah, have, say, you're, you're this close to Bart, you know? Well, yeah, they've yeah. mentioned Impulse several times. The, the, the Berlanti people have mentioned that several times as a character they're kicking around and, and looking for ways to introduce. So mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised if he shows up by the end of the season. Yeah, it's it seems like that's the, the way you'd have to go because you're going to run out of other timeline fiascos to to sort through so why not someone else coming and mucking it up right well when you run out of timelines you just go to another universe (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing about flash you go vertical or horizontal here (laughs) you know this is going to segue us into the next show we're going to talk about but i do find it interesting that they're kind of taking a hard line with crisis on infinite earths will not happen until 2024 you know, we, we've mentioned it now several times in The Flash, you know, the newspaper article and everything. They're bringing it back, you know, because we haven't seen it for a season. And, um, you know, it's it's and, and they don't want to merge Supergirl in with The Flash. And I just find that kind of interesting because certainly the easier thing to do 
probably would have been to just merge them together, but they're, they're not doing that. So that's going to have to be it for this episode. Um, we've just recorded way too much material uh, to uh, put it all in one episode, but don't worry, Sam and Ryan will be joining me again uh, for the next episode to talk about Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and the Invasion crossover. So please stay tuned for that. I don't know. What do people say? Anyway? I mean, don't say stay tuned when it's on the internet. Uh, stay clicking? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, as always, uh, you can find us, of course, on uh, Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And please, again, we're a new podcast, so if you can leave a review, um, just let us know uh, what you think. Uh, you can also email us at uh, everything at 42cast.com. Uh, but the reviews uh, certainly help not only giving us feedback for how, uh, you know, whether you're liking what we're doing or how we can improve, but it also helps uh, promote the show uh, and, uh, you know, lets it show up on feeds and things that search for shows and uh, show people ratings ahead of time. So that would definitely be helpful to get the word out there and uh, promote the show. So I would definitely appreciate uh, any help in that regard. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'm Nathan and uh, you can find me at uh, my blog which is blogger underscore who dot live journal dot com you can find me as underscore blogger underscore who on twitter uh, or you can find me contributing reviews to uh, esopodcast.com on our mothership uh, or station one's uh, website so uh, you can look for me there and uh, of course we'll have sign outs for Sam and Ryan next week uh, and until then this is Nathan signing off You've been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.